Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Answers to the Universe. In this episode, we sit down with my co-worker and Web3 gaming expert, Parker Heath. Today, we talk about how Avalanche has become the leader in Web3 gaming and how it even got there. We touch on more philosophical topics in crypto and what it's like working for Ava Labs. I apologize for his dog shit mic. This is Parker Heath. Parker, welcome back to the, uh, the podcast. Answers to the Universe. You are our very first guest, and a lot has changed since then, especially in gaming. Dude, how have you been? I've been good. Um, I've been busy, and yeah, I can say the, the same to, to you. A lot has changed in, uh, in Avery, <laughs> and uh, the podcast has grown, and, and, and yeah, I think this has uh, turned into something that I don't know if it's exactly the direction you thought it would be turning into but it's been uh, it's been cool to watch i know what's what's been interesting about the podcast is you know i my goal was always just to like talk to people that i want to talk about you know or yeah. like like don't force it was like always my kind of goal um with it and the the biggest episode was this past week was spontaneous right after the steady mint i just asked dom like hey can i put an hour in your calendar like that same day he was like sure and we just kind of shot the shit about it and that was our best performing episode. And I got a lot of messages that people just kind of enjoyed it. And so I do want to talk to more just like Avalabs people like yourself, just shooting the shit, talking about gaming, talking about the Avalanche ecosystem, talking about kind of like what's going on and, and all that. So um, that kind of leads right into it. These past five months in gaming... <laughs> I've really heated up. I mean, not much has changed. At the same time, a lot has changed. You know what I mean? Um, so from your perspective, what, what have kind of been the big shifts that, that have kind of gone on to make Avalanche gaming uh, kind of what it is today? Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the timestamp of when we... Do you, do you remember what our first episode was? It was, I think, was, July or maybe August. Yeah, Something around like that five, time five months ago. Sounds about right. Yeah, and, and with respect to like deals that the BD team specifically has made between then and now, it's like been very marginal. Like we maybe we've we've found a few partners to work with since then and now, but nothing like huge or monumental. And so, you know, I think that that's just a testament to like the narrative finally catching up to us, right? With all the hard work we'd already put in. Um, so I think it's funny to see how delayed the market is with respect to like understanding what's going on in each ecosystem. And that's just uh, no fault to anybody. Just gaming in general is a very long, uh, you know, cycle of product and game development. And I think we're finally seeing like the fruits of the labor there, you know, Shrapnel's actually going live with their closed alpha, you know, very soon. I, I think they maybe leaked the dates, but I know it's, it's towards the end of January, early February. Right. And so that's got everybody excited. They launched their token. That's that's just how CT works. Everybody gets excited mm -hmm. about token drops and sales. There's no no playable content yet, but everybody's like, "Shrapnel's gonna be Shrapnel's gonna be fun." But uh, yeah. and, and now now there's a token too. So clearly, uh, that, that there's some speculation there. Um, I think that really maybe maybe not, but I feel like that's what kind of started kicking things off for us was that token sale. So shout out Shrapnel. Um, you know, we love those, those guys over there. And then I think the Merit Circle team with their narrative that they caught around that same time was <clears throat> pretty valuable. And they also happen to have a live and tradable token. So as much as I, you know, am not like a biggest fan of tokens being like the marketing engine, that's just the way this this market works right now. And, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it caught up yeah. to us at least. But I mean, yeah, because there's like in gaming, like Web3 gaming and I mean, not just Web3, but like all over. I feel like there's multiple types of users. You know, you have the uh, the actual gamers, the people that play the game. You know, I think the easy, easiest example uh, is kind of like Pokemon, right? Like or Pokemon trading card game. You know, there's mm -hmm. people who like actually understand the card game. and There's people who only care about collecting and they coexist very well. And with crypto, like baked into the technology at the most fundamental level is the fact that these assets are tradable. And so speculation is baked into every Web3 game, which isn't anything new in gaming, but kind of adds another layer. 
and adds a new demographic of people who don't necessarily have to play the game but can speculate on it nonetheless. And I feel like right now, since like obviously none of the games are playable, not none of the games, but um, none of like the the huge titles that people are talking about, such as Shrapnel and Mirror Circle, are playable yet. That the speculators are already kind of in full force. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. I really like. I learned that this week. I've known it forever, but like with Pokemon, you can play the trading card game and not have to have like the most sought after like you know, holographic Charizard yep. and stuff. And so there, there's a clear delineation between the speculative side of Pokemon and trading card game. And then actually just being able to play the game as a gamer and play. And I don't know if we found like that a uh, sweet spot yet in, in like web three gaming with like managing speculation economy and game economy. But I think there's an interesting piece of knowledge like take from how Pokemon's done it even though I don't think we've we've seen that play out yet but no. yeah that was randomly I had that like I, re- I think it was <laughs> I was watching um I was doom scrolling on TikTok and I yeah for some reason I've my my algorithm right now is um golf nice. um, a, l- a little bit of uh like random Fortnite content Nice. And then I, I've been getting a lot of uh, pawn stars, <laughs> and so so they were bringing in like some rare Pokemon and Magic: The Gathering cards. And with Magic, you have to have the card to be able to play it, and like the economy is is weaved into the gameplay itself as well. And so I, I didn't ever realize there was that difference between the two, but I don't know. It's just I it just you know you yeah. learn, learn something every day. TikTok is has its TikTok has its merit, dude. And, and I 100 agree. And like, the, there is no one formula. Like, you know, like we use Magic: The Gathering and Pokemon as like easy back pocket examples. Yeah. But, you know, like everything, you know, metaphors will only get you like 50 percent of the way there with like anything. You know, it's like if you really want to understand what something is, like you have to kind of eliminate metaphors. Uh, you just have to just know, like, it is what it is in, in a weird way. You know, which takes a little longer, but it's like you know for. People listening, you know, that, that hopefully we can get a fifty percent of the way there to then go forward, dude. But I, I do want to say on uh, TikTok, you know, it's been all over my feed. What's that? China, China, <laughs> like like tourism. There, there's this one TikTok. Uh, it's this lady. The TikTok's called Black in China, and it's this black lady who who lives in China. She doesn't speak <laughs> the language at all, and she just talks about how like interesting her life is, and it is a very interesting life. Um, and so it's, it's just kind of say that is a niche market. It's oh, yeah, a very deep niche. It's a very deep niche. Uh, but it's not just, you know, I get like, you know, like skyline of the mega cities and all this stuff. Cause I don't know. Cause like as Americans, like we don't really know anything of what's going on there. Uh, and so maybe TikTok's just trying to, um, I don't know, propaganda or whatever, uh, educate you a little bit, educate me a little bit. And I am getting educated, you know, absolutely. Dude. But yeah, man, I, uh, you know, shifted back to, to gaming and stuff. Super excited for 2024. And I think we're just going to kind of keep seeing like this cyclical, like these cyclical narratives. Like obviously from a macro perspective, I think if people are listening to this, I, I assume most of them are like somewhat, you know, crypto intellectual yep. um, is how I put it. And so everybody always talks about like, you know, profit or you know, cash flow moves to Bitcoin and then to Ethereum and then to other alts, right? And then I think even like microcosmically within each alt, um, so to speak, there's cycles as well. And I think Avalanche is going to see like the gaming and then that kind of led into NFTs. I personally think like a lot of like upcoming narratives are going to be around real world assets just because of like how they think and, and you know, BlackRock and all yeah. this ETF stuff is buzzing. Um, I think that's something that catches next and maybe I'm just manifesting that, but that's kind of how I see it. And then... I, you know, hopefully I'm hoping after that, you know, gaming kind of comes back as the, uh, the, the pretty girl uh, again. I think yeah. we're, old, we're old news, even though it was a week ago, yeah. but uh, I think that's how it works. It, or I'm just kind of, you know, thinking that to myself, that's how I'm going to kind of play it. Um, yeah. And so right now I'm just, you know, keeping my ducks in line because I know it's going to take off again. Cause we, yeah, we, we, we've been here before and I think it was on like a, maybe a meeting, a meeting two weeks ago was when like, you know, it, it felt like more obvious, like, okay, we just had an insane kind of narrative that we were like the darling child of sort of thanks to Alex <laughs> Becker, sort of thanks to us actually having 
good games and not just being vaporware. Um, but you like we 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 fucking hit, and then we kind of just like ran out of stuff to talk about, and that's kind of like how I see narrative yeah. going. It's like that's it gets fair. really really exciting. You just kind of like run out of things to talk about, and when the game's not live yet, there's only like so much you can really do. Um, and so I think, in, and it's, a, it's very healthy that January's kind of been NFT focused so far. It's very healthy for gaming that the the narratives, you know, people are jumping and aping over uh, Steady and Dokio and Dokaibi and whatnot. Um, just because it gives us time to put our pieces in place, you know, get get our uh, put our, put our moves in the chessboard um, a little bit better. And like like we both know, we've been talking. There's a lot of really fun stuff coming up. Like there's going to be a lot of really good content that's going to come out in you know late Q1. That's going to give us give people a lot to talk about. And to me, that is like the equivalent of a narrative. It's just having shit to talk about. Yeah, and, and I think that the cyclical nature comes from people in the space being <laughs> goldfish memory. They're like, wait, oh yeah, that game is on Avalanche. Oh, what else is going on? Oh, there's new shit. And that's where it kind of propagates. So yeah, I, I think that's it's been great to see the uh, the eyes being able to rotate to other areas within Avalanche specifically, as opposed to just going to another area in the market outside of Avalanche. And so like, yeah. Tokyo has seen a very slow growth and then, you know, some days it's just gone on complete tears to where it is today. And I'm super stoked at Dom's. I think that was a great time to have a podcast. I know he was just bubbling with, you know, Dom, you know, energy as he does so well. And overall though, I think the NFT market in Avalanche is still very young, even though, you know, it's not like we haven't had NFTs for forever. I just think that, Dom was very calculated over the past year and putting this together, this plan. Yeah. And, you know, we, it's now, right. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what the narrative was with the gaming, right? Web3 gaming is now, it's on Avalanche. Now it's NFTs on Avalanche are, are now and they're here. And so, yeah, being a part of Steady has been crazy. I think that you took okay. that, like, um, yeah, I think you did a lot there to just, you, you, you vibe with it. I remember you just, copy pasting one of the pieces of art into the our, our group chat and you were like I resonate with this and I feel like that's how a lot of people felt and they're like this is cool I'm gonna participate in this and yeah dude, you're, yeah, you're loving you, yours man I, I love the uh, the golf hat you got yeah, a good one man I got a good one the the only golf uh, set I need I need the background but there's no golf hat golf shirt and golf background so I that's just crazy. did what I could do damn should I should have uh before, because like honestly, I didn't know the mint was gonna go crazy. Like I just liked the art, and I was like, you know, I, I had a gut feeling that you know the Avalanche NFTs were gonna do something. But like we've never like it's been a long time since we've had like a quick mint out, you know, a very long time, and so I didn't really expect it. But I knew like you know, if, you know, Luigi or someone on our team, like if it didn't get the natural, you know, like. Definitely, we'll have like a few whales in the ecosystem just sweep them up. But yeah, I, it's go ahead. Uh, I, I was just gonna say, um, like, I'm glad I met the dude early, and he he let me make a uh, custom PFP. You know, I was super excited about that. I, I, I should have pushed that harder, gotten gotten some more for the Apple App Squad, man. <laughs> no, I think it's good that it's like just you, like, figure spearheading that. It it looks more authentic, and I think that's the the value that you know. Well, that's good that stuff. Yeah. And another thing that we were kind of thinking about is right now we have a lot of users on Avalanche. Just the NFTs are a, a product and app. What's really mm-hmm. interesting about that is when our games launch very soon, I don't think I, – I, I think that like that is kind of just like a complete, a really excellent, accurate segue – of NFT users, whenever they have their community, whatever, they have their stuff on chain. A lot of the people in Steady accumulate a lot of AVEX whenever we have games launch. And we're having a lot also launch that are um, like not as AAA, just on chain the C chain recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's also going to be a really good kind of alley-oop to the launch of Shrapnel, to um, the launch of some Merit Circle games and whatnot. Because, uh, you know, Avalanche Warp Messaging is getting 
better, bridging's getting easier. Um, so that's that's also kind of excites me a good bit. I I agree, and I always kind of shitpost about games that are like making the chain that they want to deploy on, uh, making that decision based on uh, user acquisition, you know, and, and the user base coming from that chain specifically. I will say I, I, I stick to that. Like I think if you're deploying on a chain because you think you're going to acquire you know, hundreds and thousands of more new users, like you take a very um, you know, unpragmatic approach. Yeah. And that's just not going to be the case. Like you want to build a fun game and make the user experience seamless. And you want to do it with a team that is going to support you 100% along the way. Um, that's kind of just been always been our mantra. Uh, go with tech and then, you know, find the team that you want to work with and just go really deep. And we also, that's just kind of where with bandwidth, you know, as a gaming team, that's where we're at. We need, we need to be selective on, on who we really dive deep with. And if a team is coming here just because they're fishing for, for checks and, you know, it's just, it's never a good fit. But anyways, before I ramble too long, I do see value in like what you're saying with like, Dokyo and Sedi and Dokabi. Is that how you pronounce it? Um, Dokabi. I, I, I don't speak South Korean. I say Dokabi, but yeah, I don't speak South Korean either. Yeah. Uh, but there is value in like having these communities kind of like build a foundation for these games, especially if you're a very, you know, small indie game developer. And I think there is value in that. Uh, whereas if you're a large gaming, you know, entity, you're going to bring more users to the chain than, than you know, the chain yeah. users to you. And if you don't believe that, then you're very focused on the wrong things. And so yeah. with that said, there is, I do agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot more games that are or maybe smaller and just like, you know, runway and just what they've raised or maybe they haven't raised anything and they're just kind of making a fun weekend project. I, I do see a, I'm talking with a lot of teams that are just wanting to build on Avalanche because they, want to be here and be with the communities and you know there's no actual like handshake deals that i'm trying to work through with them it's more like how do you can you connect me with these communities can you get us involved at a deeper level and so that's what i'm really excited about is they're really outsourcing a lot of my work and like in a good way right because it's growing their community and the game's user base and you know for me it's really just opening doors at that point how do you like segment um kind of like how you work with games uh when they come because obviously like 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 this, this isn't exclusive just gaming but like projects have different scales you know it's like we've seen projects in our ecosystem that's just like a dude who in his free time is going to whip up a smart contract and throw something out there but we've also had projects that are like a spin-off of a gigantic conglomerate or an industry veteran that like <laughs> throws it I want to throw on. It's like, how do you how do you navigate? Because they're all like kind of important in their own way. Um, yeah, it's, it's not really. It's like a very weird. It's a hard answer. I think a lot of it comes from um, uh, just forecasts, like just expected forecasts of on chain activity that games can bring. That's like as a BD team, we are you know, our goal is to drive adoption to the Avalanche protocol, right? And so prioritization of that is number one for me. And so navigating that is, is like how to do that. Now, understanding how to forecast that is, is like the hard part, right? And like, yeah. you know, some teams and a lot of teams raise a shit ton of money during the, the last kind of bull cycle and, you know, spending a lot of time with them probably netted to zero for a lot of, uh, chains and and us for some teams, right? Like we spent a lot of time with teams. They ended up you know, having different thoughts for their strategies and, and ultimately either just kind of slowly ran out of runway and, and had to sunset or, uh, you know, decided to have to go to another chain because they weren't able to deploy quick enough to actually get to a state of cash flow uh, to yeah. sustain or, or to raise again. And so they had to go raise capital from another chain um, and so I think there's a level of EQ that comes with that and just uh, relationship understanding. It's like working with teams that you do truly trust as well. Like a lot of teams want to build here because they trust that we'll help them. But, you know, I think the feeling should be mutual. We spend a lot of time with, I'll say a lot of our gaming teams, but I'll give Shrapnel as an example because everybody knows them. Uh, you know, if I, if I need to ping Calvin or one of the BD guys at midnight or, you know, 
Tony on their, their marketing team because like I there's some serious shit going on that we need help with. Like they're gonna they're gonna come and support us as well, even though um, most of these games just expect it to be us coming to support them. It's yeah. very mutual in the relationship, and so I think relationships are very helpful in prioritizing that as well. But it's there's not a clear answer, but that's a long winded way of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> so so you said um, earlier, kind of like. EQ. What, what does that stand for? Emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence. How, how much of your job? I figured that's what it was, but the Q threw me off. I don't know what the Q right, is. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know who did that either. It wasn't somebody <laughs> yeah, who had a lot of IQ. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, EQ sounded, I was like, it's <laughs> emotional intelligence sounded like it would fit there, but I don't know what the Q, fucking Q stands for. Well, IQ is what? Intellectual. So I don't know what IQ stands for, to be very honest. What the hell is IQ? So it's like, <laughs> what does IQ stand for? It's, a, it's intellectual quantification or? Uh, intelligence quoted. Boring. Whatever. Okay, so it's just emotional quoted. EQ emotional quoted. All right. <laughs> um, so I think that's probably very important in uh, BD as far as like, or in your job, especially in gaming, because it's such a fucking crazy vertical. It's just crazy. Everything about it's crazy. Game devs are, you know, love all my gaming partners, but game devs are also just known and from traditionally known as like, you know, closet, like basement dwellers, right? Like that's why we got the, the shtick of being like nerdy gamers because we don't yeah. have a house. Like, and, and oftentimes there comes like a very lower like EQ that comes with it. So, on the BD side of things, I think it does require a little extra um, value in that, um, you know, character trait, however, yeah. however you will. And so, yeah, I think it's um, on the gaming side specifically. I, I don't know. I, I think even just being in crypto in general, I think all the BD yeah. guys have to be pretty, pretty yeah. uh, just, solid just the nature navigating of, that. And the nature of this space being so fast paced is and also like you have a lot of really really smart people and you have a lot of scammers right and you go through enough reps of meeting these kind of people that you like really at a very fast pace you know increase your eq or whatever intuition it is of how legit is this person is this person capable of delivering what they're saying because we've seen it fail so many so many so many times um so that yeah yeah, how do, how no, do you I, like work that muscle out? <laughs> you know? Um, I I don't I think it's uh I think it's a mixture of genetic like nature and nurture. I think some people are just born like being able to just have like awareness, but then I think a lot of it comes from just like psychology and like how you were brought up. Like I was an only child. I think there's like elements there where yeah. uh, because of that in group settings with people that I don't know, I was extra like acute to like trying to read shit. Cause I just didn't, I had to train that because I didn't just grow yeah. up with it as like an only child. So I think making sure I could fit into a group was really valuable to me because like I didn't have my own group at home. Right. It was just me. And yeah. so I think there's maybe like, I don't, I'm self-diagnosing myself and it's probably not healthy, but day, I think yeah. that's, that's probably an element is like navigating, you know, your early friendships and understanding how to do that. I, I would say that's probably number one. And then, um, I don't know. I think just interests, like people are interested in different things. And like, for me, I'm interested in people and like culture and groups and groups of people and how they all interact with each other. And so I think that plays a role in like, just be wanting to be good at that. Um, so I think there's a desire to be good with people as well. So with, with all this stuff that you've kind of learned, what is your new pers- Like what is, you know, you, you've been working here for what, almost two years? Two years in April, yeah. Two years in April. Um, how do you what, – what, what's your current perspective on Web3 gaming and how that fits in the larger market, whether these games are going to fit in with crypto natives or if we're going to introduce a new class of maybe like, I don't know, older older gamers? Yeah, I – it's definitely changed um, how I've thought of like what the value prop of Web3 is. And that's mainly come from me having to like pitch to, to people like the value prop of Web3. Um, I think a lot of people will tout about being able to own your assets. And that's cool. But 
that's, you know, the industry is going to evolve in the way that will make the most money for the, you know, I, I would say the conglomerates or, or, or more so the, uh, it, we're going to have an efficient, we're going to have efficient markets, right? And so yeah. that, there has to be money to be made in, in the markets. And so my, you know, new thesis is that Web3 enables a lot more monetization areas within gaming. I think shrapnel is one of those. And, and I, I, will, I always keep saying like extraction shooters are a perfect Web3 gaming genre. Or yeah. sorry, extraction shooters are the perfect genre for Web3 monetization. Because you, you know, traditionally for extraction shooters, Escape from Tarkov, they can only, uh, they only monetize their users, I think, once a season, or, or maybe it's once just to buy the game, but you buy it. And, and it's kind of how Shrapnel is doing it, actually. They have like the yeah. light packs, the medium packs, and the heavy extraction packs. But then with that, that's all that Escape from Tarkov is able to do for monetization. Uh, with respect to Shrapnel, they're able to obviously take secondary sales and take small cuts on that when it's peer-to-peer trading going on. And so I think it adds that extra layer, whether it's not like a whole lot, you know, percep- perceived value in the long run, it's going to be a lot of actual value that they're able to accrue because of that specific genre and cash flow or like monetization method. And then I think wagering is a huge uh, element with web3 gaming so games that are able you're able to have wagering in um, and so i don't think like with that said i don't think web3 like enablement will be in every game i don't yeah. think that's what what's meant to be i think it's games that can add these additional cash streams will implement it and those that can't will just keep being their own game and that's totally fine i don't think it's, it's everybody's trying to you know fit a square hole round peg scenario and that's just not not what it is. Yeah, I've, I've kind of always thought that. Like, a Hogwarts Legacy doesn't make sense to be a Web3 game, but, like, a Fortnite does, you know? Sure. Um, yeah, I think, I think... Go for it. No, I, I think, for like, the third, the third kind of pillar is, like, user-generated content, right? And so with Fortnite, I think, sure, you can have the skins market, and that's, that's something a lot of games can have, but they already have a vibrant skins market that's producing and so i don't think fortnite ever adopts it right they could adopt the ugc and how they're able to pay out their content creators and incentivize them even further um, through crypto payment rails and just a lot of more automated smart contract enabled processes similarly to why i would say like jp morgan is interested in blockchain because of all the reductions in their current operations i think what was the metric like they're saving 20 percent because of being able to automate a lot of things via smart contracts. I don't know the specific number, but 20% when you're, you've got like trillions of dollars under, under management is, is, is a lot, you know? So I think yeah. that's kind of similar in why like some of these gaming entities will adopt it, but it's a little more complex, right? Cause you're not just trading currency, you're trading like economies. And so, yeah, I don't know. And like talking to, uh, you know, Adel, from blitz um tsm like that's one of the reasons why he would like he, he's kind of like gotten way more into uh <laughs> um, web3 content like web3 stuff yeah. um like over time the more he learns about it because he kind of realizes like oh like previously we had visa you can't program mm-hmm. you know the u.s dollar if you're using visa you can't program that money you're gonna have to abstract everything and kind of build like third-party layers over those um, payment APIs. Whereas with, um, you know, if he made it a, when he makes his own, um, stable coin bolts, which is essentially just, you know, a stable coin. So it's just basically the U S dollar for people who don't know what that is. You can now program the U S dollar. You can tell it, okay, based on this use case, if this person, um, wins this prize, the dollar, the, you know, the system doesn't know what to do. The dollar itself knows what to do and will pay that person out, which is actually like that may sound confusing. Like it's hard to like wrap your head around. OK, how does like a uh, an asset know what to do? But it, if, if you run it through these scenarios such as JP Morgan has and such as, um, you know, the, the, the BlackRock stuff that's coming out as well it like makes so much sense and, and it's a lot faster of a system and the mon- money velocity of um, these, these payments is just a lot faster. And what that does is essentially just like make the total value and profitability of us. like the faster money can move, the more profitable an economy is 
macroeconomies and microeconomies like we have in you know the TSM uh, or the Blitz app, CSGO Marketplace. So it, it's really some interesting stuff the more you dive into it. I, I agree. I think the less like manual interventions that you have to have from like change of hands, like that's just, there's always going to be a rake, right? Like every time money has changed hands, there's going to be some sort of like, you know, cut there is just inevitable. The people aren't doing these services for free. Right. And so the, the you know, more you can automate that with smart contracts, just like the more you're going to save. It's just, yeah, I think we're still building out those, those yeah. railways. Right. Um, I I actually wanted to ask you a question. I know we've talked about, and you're one of the kind of few people that kind of, or at least like verbally say how they feel about the industry in general, but you always talk about like seeing blockchain and crypto as like kind of nation states and governments. Yeah. I, I was curious if you wanted to talk to that more. Yeah. So this one, like whenever I talk about it, I sound like a crazy person. But I, Yeah, I don't like it either, but yeah, I want to, but we're I, in the I, same I, room. But yeah. like, it is like, Really, <laughs> so goddamn accurate. So I agree. I, I've so I've been recently, <clears throat> I've been watching a lot of like global economy uh, videos, right? Just on YouTube, they'll be like twenty minutes. I'll be eating a goddamn fucking lunchables, and uh, you know I'm I'm gonna eat while I do that. Or you know I'm, I'm, I got my Jimmy John sub, right? I got a I got a Pepe. I gotta eat it. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna watch a YouTube video and I watch this these videos about world economies, such as the the economies of japan or the economies of italy and there's certain like things that nation states do to improve and manage and kind of help make their economy more healthy right essentially you you know you have your currency right and your currency is essentially a way to get people to work together right it's it's a way for your citizens to kind of have motivation to participate in society, right? Because at a base level, you know, you need people to provide food and provide services. And the more services they provide and the more money that they spend, just the better everyone is off, right? And it's a very, very hard problem to solve. And they do things such as like governments will give grants to farmers if they want more exports. Or let's say, for instance, they have a lot of one product and they don't have a lot of another product. So they'll they'll like pay extra money to get another product to come in, um, or like or like pay a lot of money for a car factory to come in because they they want to like their automobiles to be more that. So they move all these pieces and they spend all this money that comes from taxes that are based in. And this is a big metaphor. And as I said, metaphors get you fifty percent of the way there, but um, this this one might even get closer than that. So at Ava Labs, right, our job is to support the Avalanche ecosystem, right. How we get everyone to work together, like the healthier it is, is the faster, the more volume that AVAX has or whatever the volume we have on our chain. And to do that as Ava Labs, we incentivize people by saying, hey, like put your like we need more liquidity in this DeFi. We'll pay you to put your money there. Right. And that's the same thing a government would do is say, hey, like we're going to give grants to um you know, carbon credits or whatnot, right? They don't have to do that, but it's an incentive of everybody. And so we kind of move in a way that the same way a government does. And and that's just on the high level. That's just fundamental, right? Like we'll, we, we, we you know, put taxes on bridges that come in and out that Avalag state, you know, the Avalag benefits off of and the whole ecosystem benefits off of, you know, like we'll pay for the same way a company will pay for a car, or a, a nation state will pay for a car factory to come in. We'll see. Oh, there's a we need we need a really good NFT marketplace. So we'll we'll try and give a grant to an NFT marketplace and just you know you get the point that I'm making. And what this does psychologically is the same way like you'll have patriots who are passionate about America or that'll root for their team at the Olympic Games. Like we kind of view avalanche the same way and and it's it's directly up to bag bias right it's like whatever much sweat equity or you know in other words time you put into an ecosystem or even you know money you put into an ecosystem the more you're going to care about it and just that behavior the way people move the way people celebrate the way people you know potentially may boo other ecosystems that are competing in the way is the exact same way like countries kind of interact and so it's just like a weird 
metaphor or narrative or, or, you know, simile that the more I learn about both of them, like the more similar they become. <laughs> that's, that's my best explanation of how I do. No, that's great. Yeah. I, I think it's a, I think it's definitely spot on. And, and I think it's just derived from like the same goals, right? Like nation state versus foundation, right? So to speak, yeah. it's just like, we're trying to get all assets on to avalanche. And as a, a nation state, like technically if you had all economic activity occurring within your government, government, government or, or city, whatever, you're kind of putting the, the yeah. level of, uh, you know, nationality or whatever too, um, that's, that's your goal. And so I, I think it's very similar processes, but then I also think that like, this really is like, I don't know where things go in like 50 years, but like, you know, envisioning like just a decentralized, you know, world economy. Yeah. Um, there really like, isn't that much. So the only reason there's really need for government governing bodies at that point is just for security, right. And protection, of your um, people that live within your state. Yeah. And so I, I think overall the goals are the same. And so I've always kind of pictured it similarly, similarly and people like wanting to be a part of your nation state is obviously very tribal, but like it's because your government, you like the way your government works. And so you want to go work there. Oh, they have games over the, in, in, in their country. We're not allowed to play games over here. So we're going to go yeah. play games or like, I don't know. It's very, I think it's, it's just like, an evolving like state of like because value is able to be transferred directly and instantaneously through the blockchain as like the value transfer layer like that's just what it's evolving to and so yeah i agree it's uh it's interesting to like visualize and kind of think of but it is yeah well, i wanted to hear like your, your full like thought process because i've always seen it similarly i'm sure a lot of people do too but i just see yeah. a, a lot more passion and, and you know thoughts about it I know. And, and like when people like are, you know, and, and when I like talk to other people like, Oh yeah, I work for a tech company. And then I'll talk about what it means. Like, oh yeah. Like our community members want Crocs. And he's like, cute community what? member. Right. Like, Crazy. Absurd. You work for a tech company. I'm like, ah, you know, it's right. And, and it, people try to come. I've always like, I initially kind of thought of it like, you know, Tesla, do they have like community mem- community members? Like I know that they have. I'm sure they have chat boards of like what the board's doing and like speculating on like price. But like it's a lot deeper than that here. And and, and by here I mean in, like crypto, in crypto. industry Definitely. in general. Um, and so it's really weird when I'm yeah talking to my friends and like yeah they're community members and like what what does that yeah. mean? <laughs> and I, oh I, well, yeah. You know, we have a Netherlands community manager. You know, we have a South American community manager. They're like, what are you fucking talking about? You know? Yeah, it's very interesting. But they just, they like how our, they like how we work. Like it's, I don't know. It's they like our thing. government philosophy, you know. They like our philosophy. I think it's very much more philosophical, right? Like L2s versus horizontal scaling. Like we believe in building on ETH. And I think that comes obviously from a little bit of bag bias naturally, but also, I think some people genuinely just feel like that's the best way to scale yeah. blockchain as an industry, and that's totally okay. I get that. Um, you go you go over there and live there. No one's preventing you from doing that. Yeah. You can live wherever you want. You can and live so wherever like, you want, yeah. If you're not happy with your community and you, you don't even know where a community you would like to be is, like you can go make your own community. People are doing that. Yeah. They're making their own chains. And so I do think subnets are very interesting in like playing a role into this like thought exercise like how they are like how how do how do you see that kind of participating yeah. in like the the higher uh, analogy higher analogy i i got the perfect answer for you right here okay okay so avax is the united states of america sure okay so we all like Steady. you know we, we all got the usa we all like primarily use the uh you know use the dollar but we primarily pay taxes to our state, you know, and we most of our decisions. I mean, it, it's it's pretty much it's just like federal government, state government, and maybe even on the app level, like county government. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, like there's you're going to like each each state has a lot of personality. So each subnet is going to have its own personality uh, for sure. And I think there's going to be a lot of outliers. Like, I don't think it's going to it's going to feel like um, each subnet is its own like 
complete different area, but they're going to serve different, different kind of purposes and support the greater, um, greater vision of, of avalanche. Um, and so I, I I do kind of think it's going to feel cohesive because I I do really resonate with the argument of like fragmented liquidity, um, Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And which essentially means just like people don't like to bridge, like no matter what, people don't like to bridge. And that's why Solana is doing so well because they're it's like Europe, right? Like, you know, you've got all these different countries, but they're not actually sovereign under one, you know, nation, right? They're just close by each other. They're just close by each other and you can get around and, you know, they all use the same. Yep. Yeah, and you still have to use bridges to get to and from. Yeah. Yeah. Europe might be, actually might be a better example. Um, and Well, I meant more so for like the Ethereum layer, right? With like all these L2s built on top of it. They don't feel as one, uh, but they all are based in Europe or Ethereum for this kind of analogy. Whereas like for, yeah, it's a convoluted analogy, but it also makes me sound like a crazy person. I know that's that's just crypto podcasts in general, though. Like, yeah, podcasts, we just sound like crazy people. Yeah, well, I'm not going to go deep into the technical complexities of why subnets are better than other things. So I, I try to think. Yeah, I, I can't. So I just try to think on more like thought provoking. Like, yeah, that's how. Like, I think being on BD, that's that's kind of the value. Like, you have to have that, like, because you do have to speak at a very high level to. Yeah. Analog and analog, uh, you know, analogize, I guess, uh, to people yeah. that frankly can't dive that deep into the understanding. Mm-hmm. So I remember Nikhil actually; he always had like uh, he was on our gaming team for those listening. Um, he would always kind of mention like subnets as you know, or like Ethereum as like you know, cities, right? Where you're, you're based in Manhattan, and then you know, there's only so much block space, so you have to build up and up and, and build skyscrapers on top of that. Whereas like with subnets, you know, you're kind of building. Um, horizontally, so you're, you're not exactly building up, you're building sideways, and so you're using roads and railways to get to and fro instead of like just going up in your apartment building. Obviously, he was much more eloquent at explaining that, but yeah. being able to do that, I think, is very valuable on the BD side of things. So that's you know, that's just how I kind of try to 100%. speak to people. Yeah. What, what what's your pitch like? Whenever like you're talking to somebody new who's like, <laughs> "What the fuck's avalanche?" What's your go-to? It, really depends i think that's the value of like knowing your audience like there's not one pitch to be honest you, you i try to find out really early like what people are are looking after and, and and looking for and i try to get that information before i take introductory calls right like if this yeah. team is looking for the best technology then i dive right into it and like you don't want to own you like you want to own your own network right like you want to have your own sovereign block space no noisy neighbor um, and you know what? You don't want to have to run the live ops for that. So we'll offer that for you as a service. That usually clicks for like the tech side and also like management of their own app chain side. Like no one wants to do that. Usually can dive in there. Um, sometimes if I think that um, maybe they think I'm like not as senior, I'll, I'll kind of talk about some partners that we work with and, and let them know like I work hand in hand with the team of Shrapnel, TSM, Godzilla Games, Parent Circle, and like the kind of softly like humbly brag about like partners that we work with to kind yeah. of show status. Um, and sometimes I just like see that they have a picture of them and their dog in the background or something and say like, Oh, Hey, like what's your dog's name? Like I, it just depends. Like, it yeah. really does depend. And, and none of that is like to be tricky. It's just like, I want to know you better and like it's get all to your EQ, build a relationship. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's EQ. I, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. My, my, my pitch you want to hear my pitch? I'd love to hear your pitch. Is, is it about nation states? No, it's it's for crypto native. <laughs> I, I know. I'm joking. It's not crypto native. I give up. Like like yeah. like this past Thanksgiving or like Christmas is like oh crypto. Like yeah, I don't really understand it. I'll just be like I ain't gonna I ain't gonna explain it to you. <laughs> I was like yeah. yeah, I ain't gonna try. Uh, you you give your pitch and then I'll give you my pitch for those scenarios because it's good. Okay, it's okay. not good. It's here's, not good. Here's but... my here's my pitch for Avalanche. Okay. Bitcoin, single asset, single chain. Ethereum, multi-asset, single chain. Avalanche, multi-asset, multi-chain. Now, why this is interesting is because, you know, we, we have the assumption that there is no one chain that can reach mass adoption, right? 
just on um, like like napkin math, if you try and have just like even like a percentage of the amount of data that every person on planet Earth has, like it is incomprehensibly large for any single system to be able to store that in any way, like not even including, you know, data availability and how quick can you retrieve that data. And Mm -hmm. so if you look at a blockchain's job as to manage, store and transfer value at a fast level, there is no way that one single chain can manage these. Okay. So that's why we have the multi-chain approach. And there's multiple reasons why this is actually more interesting. One, each of these chains are completely customizable. So let's say, for an example, you are a game that wants to optimize for speed and load transactions. Okay, I'm not going to go into the details, but technically speaking, you're going to have to make some trade-offs as far as maybe security and privacy goes, but you don't really give a shit about that, right? You just want fast gaming. Well, we have a bunch of those games live right now, uh, such as Shrapnel, such as Merit Circle, who are optimized speed, some of the fastest chains possible, and DeFi Kingdoms, which has proved to handle an insane amount of load. Okay, let's take the flip side of that. Maybe you want to optimize for privacy and have your own chain. Well, let me introduce this little company we call JP Morgan, uh, Apollo Blockchain, which optimizes for for that and to manage their own assets, which is completely private and self-custodial. And they've found a lot of success having that in their system. But what if I told you these are the same are these two systems are in the same ecosystem and can talk to each other in any way they want? Um, and we introduced something called teleporter because another argument against the multi-chain thesis is fragmented liquidity. Okay. People don't want to have to take five button clicks if they want to mint an NFT on a gaming chain. Okay. They want to just be able to mint that NFT on the game chain without thinking. Well, with something called teleporter, you can have all your assets on the C chain and without even second guessing it. Let's say, for example, Shrapnel has a big mint and you don't want to bridge. I don't know if Trapp is going to do this. I'm just going to use them, use them as an example. But you could just mint your NFT on Trapp without even thinking about where you have your funds. And on the back end, without you even noticing, it's going to take your cash from the C chain and feel as one chain. And if you multiply these scenarios in your head of, okay, maybe you want to optimize for privacy, maybe you want to optimize for speed, um, maybe you want to be somewhere in the middle. You know, you could have use cases of any single type that all kind of feel like they're one unified system. And it's really one of the only chains that if you zoom out 10, 15 years, has a real argument to still be around. How'd I do? How was that? I think uh, you might have to come take my job, man. uh, I sold Yeah, I, I'm gonna get the audio recording clip of that and post it on my account. Just to sound that <laughs> yeah. smart. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, that's what. No, uh, that's good, man. Because uh, in like, uh, it's a bunch of ETH maxis in Atlanta. So whenever I go to meet, yeah. they're like, "Oh, you work for Avalanche? <laughs> Is that an L2?" They should be. And I, I fucking hit them with that. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> "Bitboy shows up with his BTC TF sign." Yeah. He straight up I thinks that story. like of the fucking like Fed, <laughs> like straight up. <laughs> Whatever, man. Uh, you know he did. He did. He did right by the the industry and got that ETF approved. Thank you, Bitboy. He did get the ETF approved. So shout out, Bitboy. You know this one goes out to Bitboy. <laughs> my um, my pitch, and then I, I need to need to run. I got to cook some steaks, actually. But um, my pitch is. Uh, People, when I first started this job, people would ask me what I do. And I was initially saying, like, I work for a blockchain company. And they're like, oh, blockchain, what's that? And so I would go into, like, I don't even remember what my early pitches were. But but needless to say, the the people of of my life and world beat me down. And I no longer (laughs) tell people that I work for a blockchain company. company. I tell... I I now tell people that I'm in the gaming industry and I work in gaming. Oh, that's sick. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, you should. I mean, it just depends on where we're at in the narrative. Right now, you work in the uh, online digital picture industry. but uh, Right now, maybe, I work in online digital picture, yeah. <laughs> maybe in a few weeks. Soon institutionals, yeah. And so I tell people I'm in the, in the gaming. I'm in gaming, and, and usually I hope that they just say, oh, cool. And then, uh, but sometimes I'm like, oh, cool, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I do business development for uh, a technology company. 
And they're like, oh, cool. What does that mean? I'm like, dang it. Okay. I'm, try, I'm trying to lose. I'm trying to get them off my case by this point <laughs> yeah. conversation. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously people might want to talk to I dive deeper, but I'm, usually I'm like, yeah, it's just a tech company. And then they're like, well, what's Avalanche? And then I'm like, oh, Avalanche is actually a blockchain. And they're like, oh, okay. So what do you do? And then that's when it gets weird because like, you know, my goal from like the, the BD side is like to get users to use our technology. And so, you know, people like don't really understand it. So what I've, I've kind of done is like, I just bring up like early Google, right? Like people get, how did Google get initial search like volume? Like people just had to go and get people that I actually don't know the story. So I probably could be telling it completely wrong. This isn't actually the lore, but like, in my opinion, like somebody had to just be boots on the ground, like getting people to go search, use Google. And like, yep. that's really my job. Like I'm not selling anything. I'm not getting commission and I'm not, you know, it's not a sales role. I'm just trying to get people to leverage the technology. And so that's always the really complicated part when I bring up like, I need BD. Uh, people don't quite understand that element. Yeah. And so, and then another layer is like, they're like, well, what does blockchain do for gaming? And so I try to make it as, I just dumb it down as much as possible. And I bring up Fortnite cosmetics or it's like literally, I'm sure there's other ways. Like I sometimes bring up Pokemon as well. But like Fortnite's cosmetics, like, you know, imagine if you only had a thousand of those cosmetics and we're able to kind of create a supply, um, unique ownership to each user. So little Timmy can sell his once he doesn't play with it anymore. You know, there's some value in that. That usually clicks. What if I screenshot it? Screenshot what? You're the the, the cosmetic nerd. Owned. Well, they, they, they kind of get it when, when you put it, they, they sometimes get it. That actually usually helps people understand NFTs more like normies. I feel like they understand the gaming side way more than just the digital picture side. Yeah. When you talk about the digital picture side, I'm just like, ah, yeah, it's uh, it's fly, you know, by now, like it's, it's going to, it's going to the moon. Like, it's, really, yeah. it's, just, it's just moon boy, like stuff. Yeah. But uh, this yeah, that's usually the combo. Yeah, exactly. Man, I told so my whole Discord now is just like an alpha group. It's so funny. We, we were gaming like two months ago. Now all my friends just want to talk about shit coins. I'm like, God dang it, guys. Like there's serious projects out there. Like, and they're talking about dog with croc and, and, and yeah, dog but, with uh, the thing is, is that like in a bull market, like there's, it doesn't fucking matter, dude. I know. It's it so funny though. It doesn't fucking matter. Everything. There's so much noise that you could literally buy like, Butcoin, and it would be. I think that contract address just got shared in my Discord. That you know exactly right, and it's <laughs> there's as much demand as as there as there is anywhere else. You know, <laughs> it's interesting. But yeah, man. Well, I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some dinner. But uh, thanks for yeah. having me on, Avery. Pleasure, pleasure being on. I, I know Coop beat me to be the second repeating guest, but I, I was still then, the first, so I'll always have that on him. You'll always be the first episode. You always will, <laughs> and that's legendary. And I, I think I'm going to ramp this up a bit just because the last episode did so well, and people actually like one alpha. So we'll be Yeah. Uh, I hope you guys liked it. Um, yeah. Follow me on Twitter, Park. Follow, me on, follow, follow Park on Twitter. It's Park. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, thanks, Avery. Thank- Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to give us a five-star review because it helps my ego. Peace. Peace.